Shalom. How nice, eh? We've been saying that word quite a lot recently, haven't we? If you've been around in the last few weeks, um, we've had that series called Manager World, and we've been speaking about um, how we would love to experience God's peace in those four areas that we decided to look at, the areas of time and finances and relationships and health. And, um, and yeah, we, 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 we're looking a little bit more at Shalom this morning. Um, and so just a little bit of revision. I did preach on this about four weeks ago, but a little bit of revision if you weren't here. Shalom means peace. That's right. So shalom is translated normally as peace. Um, shalom is a Hebrew word. There's a Greek word in the, in the New Testament that's irene, um, which has a very similar meaning. Um, but we translate shalom as peace most of the time. But if you, if you were here a while ago, we spoke about the meaning of shalom is so much more comprehensive than just the word peace. And so if we look in Strong's Concordance, um, completeness, fullness, welfare, peace, physical safety, physical and mental health, prosperity, tranquility, contentment, quietness, friendship with people, reconciliation with God. We're not just talking about that peaceful feeling, right? This word shalom is all-encompassing. And so we're going to be speaking about that a little bit more, in a little bit more depth this morning, and I will get to a point where I tell you why. Why are we speaking about this so much? Okay, so um, just, just a few references that genre actually pointed me to. The Bible frequently uses the word shalom in reference to physical and mental health. There's a, there's a place in the Bible in Genesis chapter 43 where Joseph goes to meet his brothers and what he says to them, he asks them how they were and, um, and he says, is your father well? Is he still living? The literal translation, he asked them about their shalom and he said, is your father shalom? So it's speaking about their health, their well-being, their mental health, their emotional health, their physical health. That's a very real meaning of shalom. Shalom also means prosperity. There is a very weird use of shalom in scripture. Um, it's, it's, it's quite strange. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 7. And um, it's where King David calls Uriah the Hittite back from, from battle. And he asked them the question, how, he asked them how the army is doing and is the war successful? And so quite literally, he's asking, is the army shalom and is the war shalom? So in that context, it definitely doesn't mean peace, right? War and peace don't really go together, but in the middle of that war, he's asking, is the war successful? Is the wall prospering? And so that's a use of the word shalom as well. It's also used of financial prosperity, of political success, of favor with people. Um, it can mean friendship or restored uh, relationships. And there's lots of times in scripture where it's speaking about real, peaceful, happy relationships. In fact, shalom is found 236 times in the Old Testament, and it's found 92 times in the New Testament. That's 328 times in total in scripture where we, where we hear about shalom. True shalom means friendship with God. We know that. That's the, that's the ultimate shalom. Romans 5 verse 1 says that through our faith in Jesus, our relationship with God is, is restored to a place of shalom, to a place of peace. Peace is one of the things that we humans crave, isn't it? It's like sweet water 
for a dehydrated soul. Something that we can really identify with today. Water for dehydration, right? It's boiling today. And when your soul feels that same way, where you're feeling a bit dehydrated, peace, that peace that we all long for, is the only thing that can satisfy a dehydrated soul. In the modern world where we are faced with pace and pressure and noise and stress and depression, anxiety, conflict, uncertainty, temptation, grief, all these sorts of things, we constantly crave shalom. But so often it eludes us. The Bible teaches us that the presence of God is the source of peace. The presence of God is the source of peace. My own experience teaches me that the presence of God is the source of peace. There's no, no moment when I feel as peaceful as when I'm sitting quietly in the presence of God. The testimony of thousands and thousands of people whose lives have been rescued and transformed is that the presence of God is the source of peace. The record of history shows in communities, nations, different cultures all around the world that the presence of God is the source of peace. And yet we restlessly keep seeking peace in every place other than the presence of God. But all we find are the shadows of it until we find peace in Him. Isaiah 26 verse 3, God will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him, all whose thoughts are fixed on him. Psalm 147, God sends peace across your nation and satisfies your hunger. John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John 16, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So why are we talking about this again? Because Debbie just ran out of sermons and she just wants to preach the same one again. Maybe that's the truth, maybe it's not. But here's the thing, God's desire is that we should all have shalom, right? We should all have peace, prosperity and all the things that that word stands for, whole, well-being, health, wholeness, good relationship, success with him, with other people. But the shalom of God is not meant to be kept for ourselves. It's not just for me. It isn't just a promise that God gave to me because I'm special or favored. It shouldn't just be kept for our church, that if you come here, then you have access to shalom. God's desire is that every person, every community, every nation would be immersed in his shalom. When we pray the words of the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's exactly what we're asking for. Your will to be done, your shalom to come on earth just as we would experience it in heaven. In Isaiah chapter nine, verse six and seven, we read about Jesus being called the Prince of Peace. And what it says there is that there will be no end to the increase of the peace that his government brings. There'll be no end 
to the increase. It's going to continue to increase. His government brings an increase, an ever-increasing peace. There's enough for everyone, for every place, for every situation. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Shalom is for everyone. And so when we talk about transformed community, which is what we're talking about this morning, right now in this session, we're talking about being a church. We believe that we need to be a church that is mobilized to bring shalom to Westville. I want to say that again. We believe that we, we need to be a church that is mobilized to bring shalom to Westville. So what that means is, is over the next five-ish years, I don't know, lots of years, it doesn't matter, we want to mobilize this congregation. I want to be mobilized. I want to be empowered to share the shalom that God has freely given to me, that God has freely given to us. And essentially to be so involved and out there that, that we are baptizing, immersing our community in shalom. We, us, it's us. The ones that are sitting here today, us, to bring the increase of peace, to be ashes of his kingdom in our community. Last year, it started at Transformation Day last year, but last year the phrase that we used in the context of transformed community was the phrase that starts in the heart. I'm not sure if you remember that. It starts in the heart. Um, and I believe that that's a journey that we are all still on in some, in some way or another, to some extent or another. We're all still on that journey, dealing with what's in our own hearts, dealing with our own prejudices, dealing with... Um, parts of our hearts that are hard still. And so we're wanting to allow God to soften our hearts, to change our hearts. And we, we're continuing on that journey right here within our church. It starts in our hearts. We're carrying on with that journey. And uh, we would still like to encourage you to seize those opportunities, to have those kinds of conversations. They'll still be um, ava made available to you throughout this year so that we can continue on this journey of really dealing with our hearts. But we believe that the next step that we need to take in this zone is a step out. Shalom is not just for us. It's not just for me. It's not just for us as a church. It is the way of God's kingdom. It's his design for our whole world and most definitely for our community. It's his design for our community. And as his body in this community, it's our role to bring his design, his government, his way in our community. And so I'm saying it's a step out, right? So what does a step look like? Well, at this stage, I have no idea. It's a moment to inspire, guys. Are you inspired? I have no idea. Exciting stuff, <laughs> but we do have a direction. We do have a direction. Last year, we did a survey in our community. We really were trying to establish what are the biggest issues in our community, in, in this community of Westville. And um, we asked a few questions here in church, 
Um, we, we did a survey with about 200 people that are not connected to our church. And, um, and the results showed us six major issues. They're the six issues that you see in the front here. Addictions, homelessness, what's this one here? Mental illness, finances, families, loneliness. Those were the six issues that came up. There were lots of other ones, but that came up all over the place. It was amazing the overlap with the questions that we asked. Finances, mental health, broken families, addictions, homelessness, loneliness. So we are not going to start with an attempt to tackle all six. We don't believe that would be wise at all. We believe that this is a church thing. We want to be mobilized as a church, as a body. And we also believe that God has placed people in our church on purpose. And so I think that the heart of our church will lead us to the starting point. That maybe the one or two areas that we need to focus on first. Our hope from this point is to get together a group of people who are passionate about these, these different zones and form a few task teams. And the purpose of those task teams will be to learn together, to struggle together, to, to kind of listen to God together, so that together we can develop a strategy to reach, to bring shalom into these areas, whichever ones we start. And so that's, that's our hope for this next step. And as I said, we'll see how God is leading us as a body. We don't wanna do, have one person doing this out there, two people doing this. It's, it's essentially, what is our collective heart? What is our heart as a church? What is our collective vision? Where does God want us collectively? Not me, where does God want us to move as a body? And so later on, we're gonna to come to a point where I'm actually gonna ask you to write your name and your phone number on these papers. If that's something that you're just like, I feel so passionate about that. That is like a holy discontent in my heart. It's something that I, I've never known what to do with this passion or with this, this thing that's in my heart. But I'm keen to get together with a group of people and to try and, and work out what that is. And so that's what we're gonna be asking you to do in a, in a little bit of a while. And so have a look at these boards. Does your heart beat for one of these things? You know, when you look across these six, these six boards, you know, some of them you might be like, meh, meh, you know, it's whatever, it's, it's still not great. But there's one that just jumps out to you that you just, this can not be a reality in my community. Where is God perhaps calling you to step out or to get involved? We, um, we asked a few people how they believed that some of these issues would change if God's kingdom were to come in Westville, if, if the kingdom of shalom became a reality right here in our community, well, how would some of these issues change? Let's have a look at what they said. Doesn't it bum you out that we live in a time where loneliness 
is I think we there's so many people who come and sit here and they at our church and, and in Westville and our friends that we know that have a smile on their face but in the inside they're super super lonely but just imagine if we embrace Shalom in our community in Westville just imagine that sense of not feeling lonely ever in your life no one and in the sense that even your friend you don't have to even stress about them feeling lonely and just us as a Christian community supporting people who feel lonely and that we'll totally tarnish and tear down the sense of loneliness. Imagine how amazing that could be to bring a community together and bring a world together. What I would like to share with you as we enter the age of Shalom and leave the age of disruption, which I think we're ready to leave, and I'd like to introduce you to a concept which I really live by and try to live by. It's called the art of pre-validation. And with, with pre-validation, you see every human being through the lens of their validity and their worth, rather than through the lens of, of frustration and reactivity. And so by doing this, I would imagine families in their homes, sitting around the dinner table, playing games with each other, and recognizing when somebody gets triggered, it's not about bad behavior, it's not about unkindness, it's really about the expression of an unmet need. Life is complex, full of moving parts, relationships and situations. In my addiction, all of these things were out of alignment or missing. My shalom was broken, my life was no longer whole. It needed restoration and I needed to take action. As I allowed the Prince of Peace to work in my life, I moved from denial to surrender, from pride to humility, and from isolation to connection. A complete paradigm shift. When Shalom moves in a community dealing with addiction, authentic space is cultivated where individuals receive love and support without judgment. The vibrant colors of true connection emerge as we work together for the restoration and equipping of the broken. My experience with the people who, are, who have become part of um, our community here has been that uh, even, even though their economic uh, situation has not changed, but they still feel that they are being provided for through the church and for them that is God's provision. And one of the guys, even when I was talking to him, he even said that he's, since he has been coming to church, he has experienced that deep peace within himself. There's one thing that comes to my mind that the people, the community that we have now adopted here is experiencing God's peace and that is that shalom that I think all of us, all of us would like to experience one day. I think a lot of people allow money to overwhelm them. You know, the, the very natural fear of not having enough. Um, and a genuine concern that they're not going to be able to provide and it, it doesn't empower them and what we want is for them to know that they're blessed with talents and blessed with strengths that they can bring into the community and with those strengths they can earn do not fear managing your finances it is simply an extension of your beliefs learn and practice you so that God may use you It is only those who suffer from a mental illness that will ask in desperation, is it at all possible to experience God's shalom in the pain, the restlessness, and the confusion that I experience? 
And the answer is, yes, it is possible. For 43 years, I deeply struggled with anxiety, which eventually led to a diagnosis as general anxiety disorder. And then, nine years ago, with King David, I can also now say, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, set my feet on solid ground, and gave me a new song to sing. I will be forever grateful for the shalom that I experience now. And I believe shalom is available to any person struggling with mental illness. Imagine, imagine what Westfall would look like if it was immersed in shalom. People maybe used to lie awake at night stressing about debt collectors or bouncing debit orders, sleeping peacefully. Is that possible? Imagine homes that used to be filled with aggression or violence or humiliation or even a toxic silence now filled with a ring of laughter or a warmth of affection. Is it possible? Imagine where no one rolls up their windows at the robots, but rather they smile and chat to the people there. And those people don't feel ashamed of themselves and they're welcome in churches, in shops, in homes. Could that happen? Could that be? Can, can shalom really be a reality in a community? Or, or is it something that we maybe have to wait until we get to heaven? Can it be a reality? I believe it can. And I'm not sure about you, I am super pumped to find out if it can. I'm so excited to journey with our church to find out how we can really see our community transformed from the inside out. And I, I pray that you are too. I pray that you would join on this journey that would be our journey. Us as transformed individuals, us as a church that is transformed, seeing our community truly transformed. And so I know that many of you have just walked in here from having a samosa and it's the first time you've heard of, of this. I've had a little bit more time to process that. And so we're just gonna give you a little bit of time to process. That's how we're gonna end this session. We're gonna give you a little bit of a time to process and to respond. And uh, we're gonna have a short time of worship. So the team's gonna come up and they're gonna be two songs and just for a time for us to process this. We're gonna invite you, if you would like to, to come up to the front. Um, and there's a few things you could do up at the front if you want to. You can come to one of these boards and if you know that this is an area that I would love to be involved in in some context, you don't have to know what that looks like. I'd rather have your name on and then you say, oh, actually jokes, I'm out later, um, then have nobody, nobody write their name down. If, if there's something that you're just passionate about it, come and write your name down and your phone number. And this may be the start of a team that on behalf of our church researches and comes up with a strategy of how we can actually move, how we can actually step 
out. So that's one thing you can do if you want to come to the front. You can also come to the front. You might just want to stand next to one of these boards or in one of these kind of areas. Perhaps you want to come and pray for that zone. You can gather a few friends around you if you want. You can pray together. You can pray by yourself. Maybe you want to just come and stand in solidarity because there's somebody who's close to you, perhaps even you yourself, or a family member or a friend who is really struggling in that zone. And perhaps you want to just come and stand. Maybe you want to wait and ask for God to speak to you around that zone. And so we're going to invite you. As I said, there's two songs. You don't have to rush. You can take your time. They also, next to each board, are, are bookmarks. And so it's just a little reminder. I hope I don't fall off the stage. I got it. It's just a little reminder. This one's obviously around financial, financial stuff. And shalom means, it's just for you to put somewhere, to say, I'm going to commit to pray into this. I'm going to commit to pray into this area on behalf of, of our church. And pray and ask God that he would be guiding us to know where we need to step out. And so during that time of worship, you're welcome to come up. You also are welcome to stay where you are, obviously. On the back of your notebook, a little booklet you came, and there's a blank page there. And it's a blank page for reflection. And so um, it says reflections on the side. If you want to take some time to just journal a few thoughts that you have, if you want to draw some pictures, it's very much like a doodle page. Just do whatever you want to do as a way to process the stuff that you've heard. Perhaps what your role is in this whole process.